Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. You're listening to the Cricket Podcast. I think it was a disgraceful performance, and I think it should never be permitted to happen again. That is very good. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Cricket Podcast podcast today we've, we've actually got some cricket to begin with that's a good thing uh, there's been some county championship matches Bangladesh have been in action so we're not completely making this show up uh, we've got <laughs> we've got some cricket business as the BCCI try and ruin the whole English summer by moving one of the tests around uh, and to honour Darren Stevens, who played in the cricket the aforementioned cricket and hit 190 in uh, including 15 sixes at the age of 45 we have put together our old man 11 haven't we boys uh, i'm jack hope i'm here with ross leg how are you doing ross i'm uh, i'm okay thanks mate i'm uh, glad there's some cricket back and uh, i think this is the last week where there's actually not like international cricket people actually typically watch so i'm not I'm not sure that many people are going to sit and watch bangladesh there's no offense to bangladesh fans who listen to us um but i can guarantee there's about five people in england watching that yeah i don't even think it's broadcast in england to be honest uh max how are you doing are you feeling young now that you've heard about darren stevens exploits oh well how could you how could you not but also um sort of optimistic as well that I could I could yet go on to uh, to a sterling cricketing career. I've got I've got a good 16 years ahead of me yet, so uh yeah, no hope no uh, no hope lost. I, I mean Darren Stevens didn't become a cricketer at 30. No, he's but not had, he's, like, a he's done <laughs> but he's done like the best things in his career in like in the, the later years. So I'm still okay. hoping that I I might, you know, reach my peak yet. You might mature okay. as a fine wine. Yes. Yes, yes, and well, Darren Stevens certainly has. Uh, I'm looking forward to talking about him. I'm looking forward to talking about our old man, Levin. I put a lot of thought into that, um, and that, that will be good a bit later on in the show. Uh, but first, to kick us off, uh, we've got the big question of the week, boys. Um, there was some big news in the world of uh, financial technology 
uh, I think it's financial blockchain technology. technology. Blockchain technology. Uh, as today, uh, well, I heard that this week somebody spent five hundred thousand pounds on a non-fungible token to basically own the Charlie bit my finger video. Uh, are we are we aware of the Charlie bit my finger video, boys? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. If you're not aware, go and look at it. It's about um, a boy whose finger is bitten by his younger brother called Charlie. Um, uh, I think, you know... You've nailed I've, it there, mate. I've, yeah, I've, spoiler, spoiler. Yeah, you kind of ruined the video. <laughs> um, my question related to that is, uh, if cricketers decided to sell their stats as non-fungible tokens, um, whose stats would you buy uh, and why? And my understanding of this technology is that once you've bought the non-fungible token, you, you effectively get all the stats. So, you know, if you buy Don Bradman's non-fungible token, you're, you've got a test batting average of 99.94, Ross. Um, does that does that appeal to you or did you go down a different route? Uh, no, it has appealed to me. I'm, like, if you're if you're going to spend that money to own some stats <laughs> and you can back it, I'm not going with that. Oh, I've got a batting average of 25 that's going to haunt me for the rest of my life. <laughs> I'm going big, and I've gone with Jack Callis. Like his stats are big boy stats. Yeah, you've um, gone for all the stats. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's not. It's not. It's not just runs I've gone after. I've gone for catches, wickets, and just all general kind of being pretty much the best cricketer in the world for quite a long period of time. Um, yeah, I mean, it would be. It would be. Um... It would immediately give you a level of credibility, and us, by association, a level of credibility that, that we frankly do not have at the moment. Um, so, <laughs> thank you for, for thinking about us. Um, Max, same question to you. Um, at the non-fungible token sale of cricketers' stats, whose stats are you buying? Yeah, well, I thought about maybe going for someone like up and coming, in the you know under the pretense that maybe someone might see my stats on play cricket and go, oh, actually, maybe we should give him a give him a like trial contract for <laughs> for a year or so. But then uh, then I realised <laughs> that very quickly after that, my stats would get brought back down to the level they should be if I was actually forced to play any cricket. So uh, I've gone down a similar route to to Ross and I've I've picked Kumar Sangakkara's stats because. You know, I'd like some of the wicket-keeping stats as well, and uh, and obviously he scored lots and lots of runs at uh, an average of over fifty-seven. And um, I think also much like in the way I've played cricket and padded my stats with top scores against teams that have brought along twelve-year-olds, uh, Kumar Sangakkara padded his stats with a lot of games against Bangladesh and and the like. So um, well, we've insulted Bangladesh twice on the show already for no reason. <laughs> It's just it just happens, not, doesn't it? It just happens from time wrong. to time. <laughs> it's not wrong. Um, so I, I had a good think about this. And I, I think, like, you boys have, have kind of played it right uh, in that you've you've gone for big numbers. But there were bigger numbers out there. Um, yeah. Is Jack Callis's career totals, are they, are they more impressive than Tendulkar's cross-format dominance, for instance? Because uh, you're not just getting, the, you're not just buying the test runs here, are you? Uh, and, and Max, on, and like to your point, same question, really. Um, would you have been better off going for Tendulkar? Um, I haven't gone for Tendulkar. <laughs> uh, I, I, I've come to that realization now that I've basically done what you, you, you two have done. Uh, I've gone with Sean Pollock. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> which, um, which is, which is a panic choice because I, I was going to go with Muralithram. Uh, because 800, 800 wickets is quite good, um, and I don't think I think it's you know probably unlikely anyone will get to eight hundred 
um, test test wickets. I, th- I think people might overtake um, Tendulkar, uh, uh, or at least in the various formats of the game, that might, that could happen. But I don't I don't see that happening for for Murali. So you'd be a great forever. But then I but then I realised that Murali doesn't have a test century. And uh, you would wanna you would wanna buy at least one test century, wouldn't you? you wouldn't be a laughing stock with the bat. And so you know, same era. I thought who was a good bowler who who could bat could have gone with Shane Warne again. They're out on ninety nine. Good yeah. story. Um, I, I bet many an after dinner speech has been dominated by um, Shane Warne regaling the the corporate audience about about the time he was out on ninety nine. But uh, it's still in 99. Um, so I sort of went next down the list, um, Sean Pollock. Yeah, it was rogue, wasn't it? Um, uh, I, it, I didn't expect <laughs> you to say Sean Pollock. <laughs> good player, It though. was rogue. He, well, he was a good player. I, I think three good choices. Uh, look, to be honest as well, you have to bear in mind, I mean, like, look, Tendulkar, the Ambani family are going to be spending billions on buying Tendulkar stats to own Tendulkar stats. Cricket well, South Africa, is in, but we get that cheap. That's, that's, yeah, that's, that's we're like maybe, in the market. Yeah, that's a yeah. market we can compete in. Cricket South Africa. <laughs> yeah, and I, I reckon Jack Callis isn't the kind of guy to go banding around and go. Uh, I've scored thirteen thousand Test match runs. I think he's just like, yeah, I was pretty good at cricket once upon a time. Yeah. I just just lets it go. Um, if I was if I was an aging cricketer, um, I, w- I would definitely sell my stats via non fungible tokens. Not really sure how that technology works. I'm assuming it's possible, um, but that's what I would do if I if I was running out of money. Um, Ross, do we have any messages for our listeners? Let us know who you'd buy to begin yeah. with in the in the comments. But do we have any other um, messages for our listeners, viewers? Yeah, well, I mean, how much we actually like Bangladesh, so we're going to apologise for uh, insulting Bangladesh, <laughs> and uh, I'm sure someone will pick up Tamik Iqbal's um, non fungible token stats at some point. Um, <laughs> I think from uh, what our listeners should do, you should like and subscribe to this video. We're about to start talking about proper cricket uh, after we finish this segment. Um, and you should follow us at the Cricket Pod on Twitter and Instagram. And also, if you want to buy a cricket bat, go to Woodstock Cricket. So uh, Max has been working hard in the background, uh, created some great videos about bat myths and introducing our partnership with them, which are going to be released uh, later on this week, Max. Uh, yeah, hopefully, once we get the, uh, the go-ahead from the old Woodstock boys. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, um, yeah, watch out for that. I'm looking. For, I lived it, but I'm I'm looking forward to to viewing it again. Um, and I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, your hair, wow. And um, you should head over to Patreon, where we have a Patreon, and you can support the podcast directly. That's what we want you to do. Um, if you like the cricket podcast, then um, go over to Patreon. <laughs> forward slash the cricket pod uh, our goal is to reach 10 patreons have you seen our progress in the last week boys no i saw a couple more i think Drifting. yeah i think we've i think we've gone from six to eight so if we can get another couple this week then we'll be up to 10 and we'll be you know our, our, we'll start to feel a bit more confident what happens the then? do we retire uh, no, no, uh, it's um, we, we're going we, ultimately we're going for Brian Lara's top score in first class cricket right. 501 so All we right. need to get to 502. But Should have just gone for Brian when, Lara. <laughs> Should have bought his when, stats. When when Brian Lara did the 501, he didn't think, oh, today's the 501 day. He was like, I'm going to get to 10. And that's what we're doing. We're starting slowly. Yeah. Um, very slowly. Over a number of weeks so far. But do head over to Patreon, forward slash the cricket pod, uh, and uh, lend, us, lend us a couple of quid a month or whatever the options are. I think it's £3.50 Great. at the lower end. Shall we take a really quick break and then bounce back with our county championship stuff, our cricket business, uh, and some nice things about uh, the Bangladesh cricket team? (laughs) (laughs) Old people, yeah. 
segment this week um should we keep the listeners in suspense in terms of talking about the actual cricket though uh and instead talk about negotiations between two international cricket boards yeah yes please (laughs) (laughs) it sounds sounds thrilling you've really teed that up well it is i mean there has been some big news this week so basically to fit the ipl in uh the bcci have approached the English cricket board and said, lads, um, Kat, you know that cricket match we've got booked for September in Manchester? Uh, it's going to be really cold and it's going to rain. So why don't we move that bad boy earlier in the summer? We're over here anyway. The World Test Championship's on. Uh, play the five-match series, but just finish it a couple of weeks early so that we can fit the IPL into like a 20-day window, um, possibly in England, possibly in the UAE. We're not really sure about that. Uh, and make loads of money. Um, uh, Ross, is that is that roughly what what's happened? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, the, uh, the BCCI um, unfortunately couldn't get insurance for a coronavirus pandemic for the thing, so they are uh, actually estimated to lose three thousand crore. So, um, Max, you're quick at maths. How much is uh, how much is that in British pounds? I think uh, that's three hundred million. Yeah. That much. So yeah, so it's a yeah, significant amount it. of money. Um, it's half a billion dollars. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah, the, there's a, if there was a hole in a in a ship, you want to fill it. This three hundred million pound hole. Yes, Jack. Question: Who was responsible for the decision to go ahead with the tournament in the middle of the pandemic in India without insurance? Is, do we, so do is, we know? Is, it's a really good question, and none of the articles that I've seen on it have even asked that question. So I'm guessing it's probably Surav Ganguly who's gone, fuck it, let's just do it. And he's just like, oh no, this is what. Who could have seen a coronavirus pandemic actually breaking out within the biobulbs? It's impossible, actually. Should have done it in the UAE or somewhere else, but it doesn't matter. So it's too late now. They couldn't get the insurance. They've gone ahead with the tournament, and now they've got 31 more games. Um, to fit in out of the was it sixty games they play, um, so I think where we should start is how this is even a conversation. So the balance of power in the modern game, Max. I mean, this this fundamentally shows how it has shifted over the last what decade since the IPL has been kind of in play. They've got their own window where no international cricket actually gets played because it's such a massive tournament, a massive franchise tournament, um, but. Now, should England agree to this, Max? Should should actually we put franchise cricket ahead of international? Uh, yeah, ahead of international cricket. Mm-hmm. Well, that's uh, that is the question, isn't it, Ross? Should, should England agree to it? And I look forward to seeing what England have to say. Um, I, I, it's it's so difficult. I, I would just, I think probably you you kind of just have to say, look, I'm I'm sorry. I know it's a really like rubbish situation, and lots of things uh, move or. Move have been moved around because of the coronavirus pandemic, but we've actually got a a pretty tight schedule put in that we've mm. arranged with a number of different uh, cricket boards, partly to catch up on all this cricket that hasn't happened, and um, ultimately, 
you know it's uh it's just like shit luck that that it's happened and you just have to say like yes like sorry you're gonna have to find a find another way uh around it unless there's some sort of like you know kind of uh acceptance of a of a quid pro quo so i mean bearing in mind you know they might be slated to save 300 million pounds from being able to host the pandemic you might say okay well if you want to reimburse us for cancelling the test or or something like that or um or the other one which i think has been highlighted which is uh let your indian players all come and play the 100 then maybe you could sort of enter into negotiations but there has there would have to be some serious um yeah some serious greasing of the wheels on the, on the other side to i think even uh, countenance being able to 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 move it because ultimately it's not the ECB's problem, is it? Well, it's a really it's... interesting one. Sorry, I, I, I was going to say that because I nearly used this as my question of the week. Basically, the ECB are in a situation, and, and well, well, like, like Ross, I'll ask you if you if you could ask for anything in the world from the BCCI, what would you ask for? Because that's where the ECB are right now in in terms of this. There, there's it's 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 an open book. Yeah, well, you've, uh, the ECB have a are cash strapped at the moment. They spend loads of money on the hundred. The impact of coronavirus is expected to cost the ECB three hundred sixty million pounds. So they are they one need money. So they definitely want a share of that three hundred million that they're going to get out of sponsorship and all that kind of stuff. There is also a piece around the unique selling point for the IPL is that the Indian players can play in that tournament. That is what well, they, they decide. If you want this product, the product is so good in India, you can only see the best Indian players play this, or any Indian players play in this league um, if you watch the IPL. So I think there needs to be a bit where the Indian player, like if I'm the ECB, I'm saying for the 100, you're going to release some of your players to go and play. And not just for one instance of it. This is like a multi-year deal. Yeah, I mean, because it's kind no, of, it's that bit, would be my opening. It's offer. a bit too late be... now, isn't it, for for this year anyway? Because your drafts have been done and overseas players. Have a top-up draft. <laughs> yeah, each team gets to pick one Indian player. Yeah, well, that's going to yeah. suck but, for that's going to suck for the, overs- the overseas players they've already got. They're already that's not they're already go here, well, is it? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's it. I mean, what are they going to be doing? Playing into squad matches between the World Test Championship final and the beginning of the. The, well, the, the tour. So on on that bit. So with the rescheduling request, it actually means that the um, the hundred actually only starts a week before the first test match. So actually, you were supposed to play three group games. So the the deal was that out of the test players that have been selected, they would get to play three games for the Trent Rockets or whoever. Yeah. Um, and then they'd also be able to they'd be released from the squad to play. Um, the eliminator and then the final if their teams were to get there yeah um so the, so there still is a bit of an issue there you're not you're not saying that well, I, I think there needs to be a bit where like max says like it might be like they play one or two games this year but next year you need them coming back the year after you need them coming back and that's it that is a huge thing to uh ask i think but but, but that's this the is but this is well. We know this is the ECP hold all the cards here, and, and you have to look at it from the ECB point of view. So there are probably some listeners who don't, you know, follow the English summer's calendar that closely, and they're asked, they're thinking, what's the difference? Like, what's the difference between playing a test in the middle of September, which is basically autumn in Manchester, and playing it when when it, when you might actually get five days cricket in in July? And that's a reasonable question to ask. And the problem is. The, uh, at this point in time, they have sold out, I think, three of the five days with yeah. a lot of tickets sold for day four and some tickets sold for day five. 
Now, that means, I think off the top of my head, there's probably 100,000 people, people's worth of plans made to go and watch the England cricket team or go and watch the Indian cricket team in September. Uh, Along with that comes, you know, like holiday bookings, travel arrangements, uh, days out, you know, birthday parties, whatever it is. All of these, there's 100,000 moving parts from the point of view of spectators. Changing anything related to that is going to annoy at least a chunk of them. For some of them, look, you know, they might want to, you know, go in July instead. It, it, there's there's going to be a little bit of to and throw there. But for a lot of people, you know, they've they've spent a lot of money, built their calendar around it, made bookings, looking forward to this, and they're either not going to be able to go, uh, or it's uh, or it's just going to be a ball lake. The second thing is that if it does get moved, there's not actually. You know, at this point in time, a cast iron guarantee that the, the, that the fans will be going to any cricket matches this this summer. Mm-hmm. There is there is more chance of them going to a game in September, I think, than a game in what would it be late-ish, mid-ish, July. Yes, it's um, July. So the, so the hundred starts on the twenty-first of July, I yeah. think. So yeah, twenty-eighth from the twenty-eighth. Sure. So what? Moving the test does is, is effectively mean that those hundred thousand tickets, you know, some of them might have to be reimbursed. Now, if Laz Ross, as you said, if you're a cash-strapped organisation, you don't really want to be doing that. In theory, you know, we're all supposed to be unlocked on the twenty-first of June, and we'll all be at the cricket, and there'll be no problems. I don't know if that's exactly how it'll be, it'll be happening. Uh, I've got tickets to a few matches over the summer. I'm expecting at least some of them, even if you know things are looking good. I'm expecting at least some of those tickets to basically be refunded because they can't do the the full capacity thing that they want to do. Um, there, there's you know news reports in the country at the moment. People are getting a little bit nervous about the Indian variant in in different parts of the UK. Yeah, Germany have banned. Anymore. Well, it's it's what people call it. <laughs> the, the, COVID, the COVID variant that was originally found in India. <laughs> the, the, the COVID variant, formerly known as the Indian variant. Yeah. <laughs> we had the Kent one. We had to deal with that, Monica. Like, look, it's just their turn. Um, uh, sorry, I've been derailed. Um, so, no, so there's Germany have banned travellers from the UK. There's, there's a, definitely a bit of nervousness about the plan. And that puts a lot of that money on the line. Even if you know those 100,000 people are all happy to go to the cricket again in July and they don't have to resell any tickets. Finally, and I think this is the big one, it really messes up the, the, the reason that England are so cash-strapped in the first place. And that's because they put all the eggs in the 100 basket. basket. Mm. They really, really need that to be a success. They need people to engage with it straight away. Uh, and in the UK's cricket environment, or in England's cricket environment, there aren't that many players that you know, are recognisable on the street. If if Ben Stokes isn't in the 100 and Joe Root isn't in the 100 and, you know, maybe Mo and Ali isn't in the 100, they're three, you know, like, or, well, and then the rest of the team as well, but like, I don't think Dom Sibley's going to play, to be honest. Um, <laughs> they're, they're three big names. You can put them on the BBC, you can shout about them, people will tune into Sky to watch them. It gives the whole tournament a bit of context. It's, you know, they're... Trent Rockets, Johnny Bairstow's team, or whatever. I think he plays for Trent Rockets or the, or the Welsh Fire, Fire Johnny Welsh Bairstow's Fire, yeah. team. There, it, 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 it joins the dots up for people. If if it's just a bunch of random overseas players who people haven't seen because they don't really follow franchise cricket, uh, and a load of blast players that people, you know, the cricket fans would rather be playing in their blast sides, um, it is a significantly less valuable product. So I think, you know, from the ECB's point of view. 
the answer to the BCCI either has to be no, sorry, like your problem. You're going to have to deal with losing that money. Uh, or it has to be guaranteed, absolutely cast iron guarantee that the 100 is going to be a success over 10 years by letting all Indian players, you know, yeah. scheduling, allowing, playing this tournament. And the other thing is, you know, to be honest, it's interesting that another nation's got some leverage over the BCCI because mm. for most of the last five years, the BCCI have held it over every other cricket board. And the way they've done that is by telling everyone how much money they're going to earn from the IPL. And now, you know, like, there's a bit of a yin and a yang to that because you're now in a situation where everybody knows exactly how much money you stand to lose if this doesn't come off. And, and it, you know, you go around being Billy Big Bollocks, uh, acting like playing South Africa or playing Sri Lanka is, is like an act, act of benevolent grace instead of like some kind of equal sporting contest. Then get you should be you should expect to be treated like that when the the shoe is on the other foot, as it were. So that's what I'd be saying if I was the ECB. Ten yeah. years of Indian players minimum in the in the in the hundred, or it, we won't reschedule it because it could you know, be, we uh, can't take the risk. It could be an unbelievably serendipitous moment for the ECB in the hundred as well. It could be the thing that actually <laughs> makes it successful <laughs> against all the odds. Um, people, you know, people in this country might go, oh, well, you know, if I get to see actually uh, Ben Stokes taking on um, Virat Kohli for, for whatever whatever game, game it is in, in the 100, then that might just give it the, uh, the edge it needs to get, well, get it to do what they wanted it to do in the first place, which is get new people into cricket. And in the format it is at the moment, you know, we'll see whether that happens. But I th- but may- maybe this is the, the defining moment for the 100 where it becomes a success. And I think, like, yeah, I think you're right. I think they need, they would need to, to use it that way because that will be, I think, the, the 100 will be front and foremost in their thinking, won't it? Because they, they desperately need it to work. And this is like a chance for them to actually actually do that. It's also a really good opportunity for the Altros and the Safari. Because, uh, <laughs> I think they should uh, they should make sure that they've got those, and then if you hit, they should have them scattered around. If you hit them, you win the Ferrari. You win the Altros. Um, anyway, so I they think won't be insured, t- though. That's the problem. <laughs> just one, one final question on this: If say there's a scenario, this is the conclusion they come to. We're going to reschedule this um, for this summer. You you get to draft. A, a supplementary Indian player who's going to play like three or four matches for your your hundred team. Who is the first name? Jadeja. You take. Yeah, Matt. Uh, well, I guess I, I, I guess Ross went first so, in the draft. Yeah. Um, so um, <laughs> if, uh, if Birmingham Bum- Phoenix and Dan Weston's there, or he's, he's, I reckon Boomer or Jadeja are kind of one or two up on his list. Yeah. Jack. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, it's it's. I think Jadeja is. By a distance number. I, like, there's loads of people. I guarantee you, all eight franchises would take Virat Kohli first. Um, and they'd all be wrong. Yeah. <laughs> but Judeja is who I would cho- choose, yeah. Or, and Boomer is second. So who's third? Come on. Ooh. I don't know. It's got I be... actually, I, I'm, a, I'm a significantly less enthused by um, most of the rest of the Indian testing. Pan, yeah. Probably, isn't it? Yeah, I think that's the, the obvious Ro- one. Rohit Sharma's not bad, especially if you took him this year. But yeah, anyway. Ashwin. Uh, Ravi. <laughs> um, so I think, but again, it is a really interesting situation, as you say, Jack, like the BCCI kind of over a barrel and England are kind of just sitting there going, <laughs> well, well, well. Um, so so we'll see what happens. And uh, But hopefully it will only be good for cricket. 
and this is it. It'll be good for cricket in this country. We'll get more interest in cricket. And I'm actually a fan of rescheduling it. I realise it's going to put so many people put their nose out of joint. But if we can get Indian players playing in uh, an English domestic game, that is only a good thing. I think. Yeah, I think Jack touched on it though, because I mean, when when we yeah we bought tickets for for the Lords Test, and when we were doing it, I was fully of the opinion that I'm buying this ticket and I'm just going to get money back in however mm. many months. I think a lot of people will probably have gone into buying tickets with a similar mindset, and yeah, they'll be hopeful now that they will actually get to see it. But um, ultimately, there is, I suppose, a little bit more uh, good grace to be expected from people having their plans rearranged this time than there might have been. In another situation, uh, yeah. I don't know. I, I think people people really don't like the BCCI. I think yeah. if it, if it is rescheduled, even if there's a massive win in terms of Indian players being allowed to play, you know, if India say we're going to come back and play five tests every year for twenty years, like, um, or or if they just said we'll give you the three hundred million, people would still be upset that you know oh, I had tickets to go anyway. Yeah, um, there will, and, it, and there will be a bit where Michael Vaughan sticks his big size tens in <laughs> he, and, kind of, and kind of goes, "Hey, so disgrace!" Ah! and he'll be like, "Okay, well, think if you're going to talk about this, like an." adult and see the the actual ramifications of what you're talking about then fine but yeah we shall see um i think that was a good piece of cricket business uh if anyone wants to hire us to do their <laughs> cricket business uh there's our there's just just a taste of the kind of dynamism we could bring to your boardroom uh max should we do a little bit of a step change uh go from well boardrooms to the cricketing opposite i think of boardrooms uh, the, the county pitch? championship is it? Yeah. The pitch. Yeah. Yeah. The pitch. Yeah. Yeah. County championship, Max. Um, we are approaching the end of like the first segment here, aren't we? Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Um, so I thought That's you were going to. Uh, championship. I, <laughs> I thought you were going to. I thought you were going to say a bit more after that. But um, no, but I, you I, just, I was throwing you just over to you for a little stopped. update on where yes. we're at. Um, yeah. No. So yeah. Yeah. Uh, the the first half of the county championship is pretty much drawn to a close, and we've seen a few overseas players, such as uh, Kamal Roach for Surrey, now play their their last game as sort uh, of there'll be a, a new intake, I suppose, and um, it's. Looking, it's shaping up quite nicely, actually. In in all three of the the divisions, you've got um, uh, Nottinghamshire sort of starting to uh, to move away from the the rest of the pack. They they are uh, nine points ahead of uh, Essex, but they've played one game less, so they're looking pretty strong in in their group. With uh, Durham also chasing them down. Um, Gloucestershire and Somerset are the are the two breakaway teams in the um, the second middle group. Um, I mean, I'm not sure how they've just cut them up. I don't know how random. they cut them up. It was just a bit random, was random, wasn't it? Um, so, uh, yeah, uh, Gloucester and Somerset doing doing well there, and uh, and also also Hampshire hot on their tails. Less good news for Surrey, you know, languishing, languishing in fourth, but they've uh, they've turned their form around from the start of the season. I know this isn't the Surrey podcast, but I thought I'd spend a bit longer on them um, because it's me. And uh, and then in the uh, in the third group, you've got. Uh, Lancashire and Yorkshire at the top, vying at vying vying for the top spot, which is what we like to see. A bit of a uh, bit of rose action. Um, so uh, it's been. I think it's been really good. The county championship. Uh, the latest round of fixtures was rather damp. Uh, <laughs> most games beset by rain, despite the best efforts of some teams to try and force a result, which was uh, a bit of a shame. But uh, ultimately, I think uh, the. Um, the, it's been pretty, you know, pretty, pretty even. 
most teams having a chance against most other teams, unless your name is uh, Leicestershire. Sorry, Dan Weston. <laughs> um, but uh, but 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 yeah, I, I think it's been a been a successful um, a successful revamp for for this year the uh, the three group situation. I don't, I don't know what you guys have made of it. I've enjoyed yeah. what I've seen, um, Ross. I know you watched the London derby uh, this week or the conclusion to the London derby between Surrey and Middlesex, um, which is a dumb couple of names for a London derby and this is sort of like English cricket all over Middlesex v yeah. Surrey the London derby oh, London's in the middle Surrey. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway uh, Ross that was quite a good game I know you, you were enjoying that do you want to talk uh, if, you, if you're going to do highlights of the, the, the round that was the, the best game wasn't it yeah well uh, Nick Gubbins hit a brilliant century um, for Middlesex and it was weird when I was watching it the uh, obviously because there was it was not, I'm not sure there's any crowd. They didn't really go to the crowd, so I'm not sure there was actually many people in there. But the sound off of the bat was ridiculous. It didn't sound like I'd heard it before. Like you don't hear it in the test matches when you when kind of Alistair Cook has just cut one away. Like, but you could hear absolutely everything just ping off of the bat. Um, and then you saw Kemar Roach um, got, decide to turn up, and he's had a brilliant spell at Surrey. I thought Max, he's been uh, kind of um, a good addition to their kind of attack which has Ricky Clark at 39 in um and I think it's it's been it's been positive um sorry did dangle the cat uh, uh, the cat the cat <laughs> the carrot the, the carrot. That's a new one so strangle the cat dangle the carrot um yeah they did uh, dangle that and I think that's that's the good thing about county championship there is always a risk where you have to like force Force the game because it's four day cricket. You have to sometimes force the scenario where actually it's not as black and white as when it comes to test matches and declaring in test matches. Like it is a bit just like oh we've given ourselves a like maybe a maybe a sixty percent chance of winning this, but there's still like forty percent for the other team is a good one. Um, but ultimately it petered out into a draw. Um, but Surrey did uh, take a number of wickets and needed I think it was four left to win um, in the game off of ten balls uh, the w- wickets that is. Uh, whereas they needed about 23 runs. So it, was, it ended up as a good little conclusion. Yeah. But yeah, so, yeah. Uh, it's rain. Rain is a problem with playing cricket in this country. I was hopeful before the summer, uh, or before the summer, lol, um, <laughs> that we would we would see a batter get to 1,000 runs by the end of May for the first time. I had a look the other day. There's a bloke at Durham who's on about 600 uh, he will need twin double centuries <laughs> in the last picture uh, before before June to pull. Could that happen. Off. I think there's a there's a heat wave on the way. <laughs> I'm not saying it couldn't happen, but it it it's uh, it seems unlikely. Uh, Max, I don't know. Are there any big boys that might miss out, or who are the favourites in, in your mind from from what you've seen? Um, I I to be honest, I think Lancashire and Yorkshire are both looking looking really strong, and uh, I'm surprised surprised how well Gloucestershire are doing. I think um, they're sort of uh, always kind of you know yeah like there or thereabouts in the middle, but uh, but um, yeah, no uh, um, you know no runaway uh, favourites yeah. for me so far. I think um, it should be a, a good even spread once it gets to the the knockout stages. I think there is the possibility, and this will be quite interesting for people that follow the county championship, that Essex don't make the next round. Yeah. They're only a few points ahead of Durham. And Essex have dominated English cricket for the last few years. Um, so they're, they're only three points ahead of Durham. Uh, and I think it's like 15 max per match. And Durham have got a game in hand. So uh, Durham have got a really good chance of chasing that down, causing a bit of an upset there. Uh, a few weeks ago, we did like a players to watch segment 
um, related to the county championship. Have there been any other big performers from an England point of view? Uh, or are we... Well, I mean, it has rained a lot in the last two weeks. <laughs> yeah, uh, the the rain, I think, is the uh, the standout performer for, for the last two weeks. And we could well <laughs> see that make an appearance in the England v New Zealand series and uh, and possibly decide, actually swing swing the uh, the results of some games in its favour. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I, I think, you know, the rain, you know, the people talk about forming cricket and people can believe in it or, or not. It didn't start the season that well, but it's really warming up moving into the World Test Championship part of the calendar. Uh, and if I know rain, uh, yeah. it's it's going to really put in a performance. Uh, and I think what, what, the, what the impressive thing about the rain is just its sustained high performance over a number of years. It almost rivals Darren Stevens for its longevity and, uh, and it's, you know, kudos, kudos to it for that. Right, boys. Uh, that, that whole championship segment or the championship segment to this point has mainly been a prelude to talk about uh, Darren Stevens, and, and we'll be going deep on Stevens um, in the uh, segment after the break when we name our old man 11. Uh, but he was pretty remarkable in the match he played for Kent recently, wasn't he, Max? Do you want to briefly let the listeners know uh, who Darren Stevens is and why he's amazing? Yes, yes, absolutely. Um, so, Darren Stevens, uh, well, it was. Uh... He, he's. You've mentioned it earlier. He's like a fine red wine, but actually, uh, I think he might even be more like a a very expensive scotch. And he seems to have sort of reached his peak after aging for forty five years in a, a leather in a and barrel. willow barrel. Um, <laughs> That's uh, a good way to actually talk about a cricketer. I think. I think a cricketer would be in a in a wooden barrel like that. Yeah. Uh, he's. He just seems to have. Uh, reached height after height in the last few years. He's he's now uh, he's now forty five, and most recently he bludgeoned hundred and ninety for Kent against Glamorgan, which in itself, as you said, included fifteen sixes. Um, that was an impressive feat. It was more made more so by the fact that it dragged Kent from one hundred and twenty eight for eight to three hundred and seven all out. And then after that heroic effort, he returns to claim the wicket of Manus Labashain for just eleven runs. Uh, so it wasn't it wasn't out. Oh, it doesn't yeah. matter, does it? It's not not what the scorebook says. We should also point out if you're like if you're good at maths, you'll have followed along with what Max is saying and, and immediately have noticed that uh, Darren Stevens getting 190 uh, when he came in at what eight uh, <laughs> in in that circumstance is a little bit surprising. Uh, the the batters that have partnerships with him they contributed zero, twelve, seven, and seven. So uh, you know, roughly by my calculations, he scored a hundred and ninety of two hundred and ten runs. <laughs> but I, I did see that. I see one of the guys. I think he got one not out of fifty deliveries or something when it was in the in the, in the partnership. Oh, and so people were giving him people were giving him stick on Twitter. It's like you don't know anything about what his job was there to do. <laughs> why did he not get a hundred or fifty balls? Doesn't work like that, mate. Jack Jack Leach, anyone? It was the anyone? Jack Leach role, yeah. Anyone? Yeah, the, uh, Cum- um, Cummins got yeah. seven of sixty-one. Not cu- not the Cummins, a different uh, one. The uh, the lesser lesser Cummins. But yeah, no. So it was Miguel. it was it was a stunning performance from from old Darren. But uh, sadly, it was completely pointless because, as we may have mentioned, it rained all weekend, and uh, fifty-five for two in Glewalkins innings was where the game ended. <laughs> so never mind. <laughs> but uh, we we were always denied this performance um, from Darren Stevens because. 
only two years ago, Kent were minded not to extend his, his one-year contract. He's been living off one-year contracts since he was 40, and he was about to not get one until he scored a career-best 237 off 225 and took five for 20 against, uh, <laughs> against Yorkshire in the penultimate game. And then game. they had to give him a really good one. Yeah, penultimate, <laughs> penultimate game of the, of the season. Um, so uh, thank, God, uh, thank God they did have that rethink, and uh, long live Darren Stevens. 315 first-class games, over 16,000 runs, and uh, 565 wickets, and a cat. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's, he's definitely a hand... Is he an all-rounder? Does that class you as an all-rounder? Oh, I think so. It, it... I think, no, I think what happened is he had a career as a batsman, got to about 35, had a career as a bowler, and now <laughs> yeah, he's that's, 45, that's, that's career, pre- as a, career as an all-rounder. That's he's going to marry uh, the two parts of his career together. That's exactly what's happened. Um, what I do like about cricket, and you get this quite often in the county championship, um, not so much at an international level uh, for, for whatever reason, but um, guys who... <laughs> Max, <laughs> you can't sort the cat out. Obviously, um, you sort the cat out. <laughs> there's guys in some of these teams who do ridiculous things like Darren Stevens, takes loads of wickets, scores loads of runs. Kent played seven matches, lost three, drawn four. It's all for nothing. He's, he's, he's the denouement of this man's cricketing career uh, is effectively worthless in terms of But that bar, of but Jack, I don't think it's not worthless because cricket isn't about the team, as we've discussed many times in here. It is about <laughs> yeah. the individual. Like whoever ends um, up with Darren Stevens' non-fungible token of his stats, they're going to be like, "I've had a pretty good career here." That's um, that is true, Ross. Uh, the last thing, unless unless anyone wants to talk more about Stevens or the county championship, no, I think we've done that. The last thing is that there has been some international cricket played. Uh, Bangladesh, they were on a, a cold streak. I think they'd lost nine international matches in a row, or hadn't won for nine matches, uh, but they won. They managed to beat a weak-ish looking Sri Lanka side. Um, anyone got anything to say about Bangladesh? Um, that We love you as a country. Uh, yeah. We value you as a, a cricketing nation. And uh, it's been great to see the rise of Bangladesh Tigers um, over the uh, over the period. And uh, um, it was great to see Tamil Iqbal hit uh, another 50. So he, he, yeah. he, we picked him in our World Test 11. Justifiably yeah. so. Um it looked like when they were here for the for the World Cup in 2019, it really looked like Bangladesh had made the next step forward. Uh, they they beat South Africa, didn't they, in that absolute thriller at the Oval? They only narrowly lost to New Zealand. They were in they were in the running to make uh, a semi final spot until there was sort of a couple of games left, and, and then it fizzled out um, a little bit. And you you know you sort of saw Tammy McBell, the Fizz, Shakib, Mushfiqur. Uh, as a as a decent spine, but they have been bad for a couple of years now. Um, yeah, I wonder why. I don't know why. Does anyone know why? Max, do you know why? Uh, I don't know. Shakib not playing. Shakib didn't play. That's true. Um, maybe they'll do like a West Indies and sort of pull it together for the for the World T Twenty in in what is it November? Um, well, we'll see. I'm interested to see that. I, I do think with some of the smaller nations, they struggle to get people to turn up and struggle to get them motivated for some matches. Um, so hopefully, hopefully we see them do well at the World T20 later this year. Um, any other cricket news, boys? Before we take a short break, before we come back uh, with our well, old man eleven. <laughs> our old man. For me. 
Well, I was going to say World Eleven, and it is sort of a World Eleven, but it's a very specific type of geriatric World Eleven. (laughs) No? Cool. Uh, If you're listening on YouTube, this video, the next video, will be out tomorrow. Or you can head over to Spotify, Apple, wherever, uh, and catch it now. Be a play across all formats. That's the... That's the dream, isn't it? Uh, are we ready for our break, boys? Yes. Yep. Yeah, we earned it. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Cricket Podcast. Uh, in this segment, we're going to be naming our old man 11. Um, I've got some, some great names on my list, Max and, and Ross. I'm sure you've got some good names on yours, too. Before we get into that, though, make sure you head over to our social media channels on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, we're there at the Cricket Pod. Uh, hit like and subscribe, or follow and subscribe, whatever it is. Uh, well, hit subscribe on on YouTube. Hit subscribe on Spotify across all formats. Like I said, um, and if you want to head over to Patreon and support the show with your wallet, you can uh, Patreon dot com forward slash the cricket pod uh we're trying to get to 10 patreons we're on eight it's going well could go better uh we could get to 10 and then as we said much earlier in the show 501 is the next target uh so small steps (laughs) fellas (laughs) the old man 11 max 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 how are we going to do this uh, yes, well, as uh, as we've we've teased it, haven't we, for for a little while with the the mention of Darren Stevens and the county championship, and this is, I think, what uh, his long and storied career really is all led up to this this moment, this <laughs> Hall of Fame epic that is the cricket podcast selecting uh, eleven people who uh, are or seem to be old to play cricket. <laughs> Um, we are going to uh, reprise what we did uh, last time out with the World Test Championship eleven. So we will take it in turns to to name our cricketers. But we've uh, we've gone for a few different um, uh, different ways of looking at, at the old cricketer, uh, and and we split those up between us. So Jack is taking on the the old time old timers. So that's uh, people who. Uh, are now retired but played cricket into their uh, into their later years. I um I'm taking on people who aren't necessarily old or weren't necessarily old when they played cricket <laughs> but looks like they were really old and uh, and Ross is, has got the uh, the contemporary set of of old timers. Um and we will take it in turn. Love how to... your section is the players that look old. Yeah. <laughs> um well there are there look there are some guys out there, aren't there? Like Chris in our cricket team. Who nobody knows their age. They look old. They could be thirty. They could be forty. They look sixty. Yeah, and, <laughs> and that applies to cricketers. And I will be sharing. Old... I'll be sharing three of my observations on that front. Uh, we've got three each, which, as the as I'm sure you will, listener, uh, you will have noticed, makes nine, uh, which is too short of a cricket team. Darren Stevens is obviously the captain of this side. Yeah, you know there is no uh, there is no arguing there, and. Um, and I had actually uh, an email just before we started from WG Grace saying that he would be uh, absolutely outraged if he wasn't uh, part of the team as the OG old bloke in uh, in cricket. And as we all know, people go to see cricket to see him play, not to see anyone else bowl. So he's <laughs> he's in there as well. Um, so uh, that leaves nine spaces, three each. And uh, and Jack, you can you can kick us off with one of your old blokes. 
Uh, yeah, I can. I mean, like, uh, we should say as well, if you want to name your old man 11 or you want to usurp WG Grace, because we did phone that pick in a little bit, um, let us know in the comments. We'd be interested to hear who your favourite old guy is. Would be um, the Dom, I don't think the, the Dom, Dom Bradman. Yeah. I mean, he's dead. <laughs> anyway, um, I've, I, I've gone with a wild card to kick things off. Um this guy, really, not necessarily famous for his career. He's famous for a match. Uh, fellas, do you know who Asif Karim is? I don't, actually, no. Please, no. Okay. please enlighten me. So, well, if you're at home, you're, you're either looking blank like these two, shouting who the hell is Asif Karim, or you're saying, oh, Jack just picked a 39-year-old insurance broker from Kenya who made it to a World Cup semi-final. Um, fellas, do you remember the 2003 World Cup? Just about. Do you remember the, that Kenya made the 2003 World Cup? Can you believe that, that Kenya, the nation of Kenya, made a cricket World Cup Well, I remember semi-final. them. Uh, I remember them being on Brian Lara Cricket, the very first PlayStation cricket of, yeah. the, of that franchise of game, and, and Kenya were in there as one of the international teams. Yeah. So... Uh, they, they, they got to the semi-final. They were, they were eventually knocked out by India. Uh, but on their journey, um, the, well, I mean, the journey was basically fantastic. So this, this is why I picked Karim. Uh, he was playing in their 1919. He, in the World Cup in 1999, he was their captain. Uh, he retired from cricket, full stop, didn't play at all. In the lead up to 2003, uh, the board, they came and they begged Asif Karim to come out of retirement and, uh, well, play for the cricket team. Um, basically because there was a big dispute in the dressing room between some people who wanted to match fix and some people who didn't want to match fix. And they, they thought if they brought Kareem back in, uh, maybe he could smooth things over. And eventually, uh, Adumbe, one of the guys, um, was, was done for match fixing. So, you know, they needed, they needed a stabilizing influence. And you have to say they made the semi-final, so it worked. Um, <laughs> so he went in, he hadn't played cricket since 1999 when he retired. Um, he doesn't really play a lot in the group stages. I think he plays the first match, gets smacked around, gets rested. Um, Kenya go on this wild run, uh, basically because, well, New Zealand refused to go to Kenya to play the game, so they won that one. Uh, then they beat Canada, I think. Uh, then they beat Zimbabwe, I think. Then they beat Sri Lanka, so that was good. They made it through to the Super Six. Um, they had to beat someone bad in the Super Six stage, and they did. Maybe that was when they beat Zimbabwe. Then their final match of the Super Six uh, was against Australia. Now, 2003 Australia, what can you two tell me about 2003 Australia? Uh, they were pretty good, weren't they, at, at cricket? Yeah. 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 Do you want to name some names? A uh, couple, of, couple of wars in there. I don't think war, I think the wars had gone, but gone? Ricky Ponting, yeah. Yeah, Shane. Ricky Ponting. Shane, I think, was injured for this tournament, but yeah, oh, you're doing really well at naming. You've named the '99 Michael World Bevan. <laughs> oh yeah, no, Bevan. no, 2000, 2003. Shane, wasn't that when Shane Warne did drugs and got banned for? I think you're right. Ross. That yeah, was, yeah, that was yeah, that yeah, one. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, so we got H- long... Hayden Gilchrist. You got Simon Katic probably playing. Brett Lee, McGrath probably ended of his career there, but yeah, playing yeah. there. Darren yeah. Lehman. Anyway, so he comes on. Uh, Kenya, they bat first in this match. It's, it's a little bit of a dead rubber. They score 174. Australia are on 109 for two off 15 overs, which is pretty good. Uh, and it's absolute magic. Uh, so first ball, Ricky Ponting edges to slip, where it's dropped. Uh, it could have, could have been better, but it was dropped. Second ball, spins it past the bat. Third ball, does it again. 
Does it a fourth time? Fifth ball, what does he do, Ross? Bowls him. No, well, he kind of. He goes for the quicker one. It shoots on. Ricky Ponting is out LBW. In comes Darren Lehman, who, you know, contemporary sources suggest was the best player of spin in the Australian side. I don't know if that's true. It might be. Uh, he could pick Murali's Dutra, though, which is, you know, no reasonable. Feet. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, can't pick Asif Karim. Two big spinning balls, one that goes straight on. Little edge caught behind. So he's got he's got Ponting and Lehman. Pretty pretty good going for a 39-year-old insurance broker who hasn't played cricket for four years. Uh, then comes Brad Hogg. Now, Brad Hogg, he knows uh, that Asif Karim is old and he might not be able to bend down. So what he thinks is I'm going to hit the ball back at him, but low, so that maybe he doesn't get there. Uh, he does that. Asif Karim's wise to it. He's ready. His legs are spread, so he doesn't have to bend down as far. Takes the return catch. And he's got three wickets. Um, at this point, Australia are 117 for five. They might lose to Kenya. Uh, so Andrew Simons and Ian Harvey, they say enough is enough, and, and they block the hell out of it. So Asif Karim, his figures, they eventually read 8.2 overs, six maidens, seven runs, three wickets. Uh, dismisses <laughs> Ricky Ponting. <laughs> it's Ricky Ponting, Darren Lehman, Brad Hogg. Uh, Australia will go on uh, and our India listeners will remember this they scored 359 in the final they were not mugs this wasn't this wasn't like the 2019 era Australians the Jokers who lose to England and stuff they, they absolutely crushed it I think they went 37 matches at the World Cup without losing uh, retires for good at the end of the tournament haven't seen him since uh, and here he is pretty- to join us today <laughs> Pretty long stuff. Asif Karim, the first old guy I'd like in our team. Uh, who's going next? Uh, so I'll go next. Um, we'll, we'll do the same order as we did last time. Slightly, uh, slightly less long um, story this time, Browns. You'll be pleased to know. But this one's inspired by uh, by Ross actually, and something that Ross said. Um, I think what a year ago or, or or less than that. I don't know. But um, it's uh, it's Mohammed Shami. So um, he currently. <laughs> Currently, he's 30, and he looks probably quite close to his age, maybe a year or two out, but the difference isn't isn't that stark. But um, that doesn't take into account the fact that he's looked about 32 for the last 10 years. And uh, while most people find their uh, appearance sort of catches up with their age post-25, Shami's uh, gone the other way, and his actual age has converged towards his receding hairline. And, um, and I think this is all backed up by Ross, who just came out and said he was like 35 uh, on a podcast a little while back, and we had to <laughs> correct him. So, um, so that's, that's why Mohamed Shami's in there. And um, you know, perhaps the good news for him is that uh, he'll still look 32 when he's 64. Who knows? That's a great pick. Uh, yeah. Ross, um, cont- who's the contemporary old guy in our old guy 11? Uh, there's one man who I... Um, so I've got... A, there's a short list of about 11 people that I've got on here. Um, a lot of them... looked up who's old on, on the Cricket Info. <laughs> <laughs> um, but there is a bit where... There's, there's a man who stands out among all of these from a batting point of view. And uh, I, think, I think he's got better... Uh, well, he's refined his game, and he is he is, a, he is a maestro of T20 cricket. Um, but he is also the only player to score a triplet of century, so a triple hundred in Tests, a double hundred in ODIs, and a hundred in a T20. Um, and that is Christopher Henry Gale. 
Uh, I don't think you look past him in terms of kind of the T20 record that he's played. He's even good at he's good at all formats um, really. Um, but the guy has been supreme, um, especially when he puts his glasses on, wears the hat, and then bowls his dirty offspin. Um, so to me, the man who's hit what fifteen thousand runs or whatever it is, um, yeah, there was a no brainer for me for someone who's still playing. Uh, that that's a good choice, and and it balances out the team again. So we've got a batter, a, a left arm spinner. Um, I mean, some say that Akshay Patel learned everything he knows from from uh, Asif Karim. Not many people, but some people say it. Uh, and and Mohammed Shami, uh, the 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 second old old guy uh, that I picked isn't actually that old old. Um, it's Ed Joyce. Um, now I'm selecting him because he has accomplished a rare treble. In the world of cricket, he was the nation nation of Ireland's oldest Test debutant. He's the oldest man to ever play for Ireland uh, in in the same game, uh, and he's the oldest man who's still alive who has played Test cricket for Ireland. So, you know, well done to him. Only only one other oldest man ever to play for their nation is still going. I think uh, Bang- a Bangladeshi guy. Um, it wasn't the longest career. One Test. He didn't score the most runs. <laughs> 47. Top score 43, though. Uh, but he, he made it at the age of 39 years and 231 days. Afterwards, he basically said that he hung around for ages just to play in that match. Um, not not selfish at all. Uh, that is it. Did he? He didn't play any Test cricket for England, did he? No. So, but he, no, he, he did. Played, he did represent England. Yeah, he played a few ODIs. Horrific dislocated ankle on the boundary. Well, this is this is what he said. Basically, at the end of his career, he was unable to play cricket unless he'd taken loads of quite strong painkillers in advance. So he decided to retire. He'd re- he basically was just hanging. He, he wasn't playing at all apart from for this test. Uh, and you know, you know, he got forty-seven across two innings uh, against Mohammed Amir. It's not too bad. That's what we want in the team, isn't it? A man mm-hmm. with a lot of pride who loves cricket and um, can't believe his I think, he's the, I think he's Ireland's uh, women's coach now. So um, hmm. he gives back. He gives back he, to the Irish. He game. gave back. Yeah, Max. Yes, third man in. Right. Yes. Yeah, so our, our next old-looking bloke who isn't necessarily old. Uh, it is uh, Shahida Freedy. So uh, Shahida Freedy. You know, some people might have said he looked a bit older than he was during his career, and if they did so, they would be right because that is because he was actually five years older than everyone thought he was during his career. Or, or is he? I don't know. We don't know. He doesn't know. The uh, the ICC database claimed that he was born in 1980, and uh, the general consensus was he made his debut at the age of 16. But in a recent autobiography, he set the date of his birth at 1975 and said he was 19 on debut. Um, uh, the astute mathematicians among you may have also noticed that that doesn't add up either. <laughs> But uh, oh, close. to further the muddy the waters, uh, he do that on one hand. Yeah, to, to further <laughs> muddy the waters, recently on uh, Twitter he claimed he was celebrating his 44th birthday this year, um, while his book would have had him at 46 and the ICC would have had him at 41. <laughs> so, um, how old is Shahid Afridi? Only he knows, except maybe he doesn't. <laughs> wow. Oh, Afridi's such a good, uh, a good choice. Um, uh, he's yeah. I love I love guys like that. Uh, Carno in football was always brilliant. Yeah, <laughs> they did a they did a medical test on Carno apparently when he was playing for Portsmouth in maybe his second spell at Portsmouth. Yeah, and um, apparently because you can you can work out how old someone is by you how cut much cartilage is worn away and see how many rings there are. <laughs> 
No, we know for actually looking at their cartilage and how much it's worn away. His cartilage wear and tear was consistent with someone who was in their late 40s when he was claiming to be about 35. Uh, <laughs> and it's good to see a 3D basically being the cricket equivalent of that. Um, so I, I'm glad he's in our old man team. And he is quite old now. Whichever yeah. way you want to slice and, it, he's pretty and old. He's still and he's still, going. he's still playing. I'll tell you what, he's this old that today... He was ruled out of the rest of the Pakistani Super League because he's got a bad back. Hey, that's a good reason. To it's be genuinely it. true, though, Max. Um, <laughs> Ross, next old old guy. Um, he's taken six hundred test w- over to six hundred test wickets. The only person to do so. He is the ultimate master with the swinging cricket ball. Um, Again, opposite side of the of the picture, he's probably a genuine number eleven compared to uh, Chris Gale opening the batting. Um, it's Jimmy Anderson, the Burnley Express, uh, the one who is going to lead England to beating uh, India this summer. Um, I, I don't think I need to justify him. He is, he is the best seam bowler of all time. Um, I yeah, I mean, I think currently playing, he's the best old guy, yeah. and he's the old guy who gets talked about. For being old the most. Yeah, that's true as I mean, well. Yeah, you know, he, he, people are like, "Oh, there's James Anderson, the old guy who happens to be quite good at cricket." And how old is he going to be when he retires? Oh, I bet it will be very old. <laughs> so, he's on to his eight hundred and fourth wicket. The old guy. Um, <laughs> yeah, the good good choice, Ross, and uh, very much deserving of a spot. Uh, I have gone, and this is. Uh, this is the classic old old guy. Can we just one second? What's our composition of the team looking like? like okay, okay. Well, yeah, let's we're run halfway through. through pretty much, shall we say? Um, so we have Chris Gale and Ed Joyce opening the batting. Uh, WG coming in at three. Uh, Darren Stevens, depending on which part of his career, could bat somewhere between four and seven, I think. Then we've got a 3D as like the spinning all-rounder. Uh, we've got Asif Karim, who's probably going to be a mascot <laughs> based on the shape of this side so far. <laughs> um, uh, and, and we've got uh, Mohammed Shami and James Anderson as as speed, speed bowlers. Shape, shape it up pretty <laughs> speed nicely. Bowlers. Speed bowlers. Uh, I think this is good. What would be good is we'll put it on Twitter who would win out of our well-test 11 and then this team. This is good. Uh, so I've gone, this, uh, like genuinely, he looks old. He was old. It happened a long time ago, back in the olden days. Uh, Brian Close. Um, now, yeah. he he was so old at the end of his test career that the se- section on his Wikipedia that talks about the end of his test career isn't even in the bit of the Wikipedia that talks about his career. It's in the later life section, <laughs> which, which I think is incredible. Um, he his legend so basically Brian Close if you don't know who he was he was quite a good bloke from Yorkshire who played cricket for England but also hated one day cricket liked the apartheid government not everyone's best friend very Yorkshire which is actually not a positive trait people in Yorkshire we all, <laughs> we all hate it um, he had been dropped from the England team at the age of 36 um, for not being very good, basically, I, I, is, is how I would summarise it. His test batting average is below 30, although you know people say he was better than that. Uh, I think if your test average is below 30, not very good. Is that all right? Can we say that? Yeah. We've, we've, we've dissed Bangladesh. Even we've on uncovered pitches. 
Yeah, and I, and I think they were probably covered at this point. Anyway, fast forward nine years, and the West Indies turn up in England. Tony Gregg makes the grovel comment where he, he says he's going to make the West Indians grovel. Uh, Tony Gregg, who is a South African um, from apartheid South Africa, uh, you know, obviously didn't consult the PR guys before, <laughs> before he said that. And Michael Holding, Wayne Daniel, uh, and a bunch of others uh, are out to get England. Now, England in this situation, there's different ways they could play it. They decide to go full England, and they they reach for Brian Close. They recall a guy who is now 45 years old, hasn't played Test cricket for 36, has a batting average below 30, uh, and they present him to the English public and Michael Holding as the solution. Uh, now, I'm guessing that both of you have seen the clip of uh, Michael Holding bowling at a helmetless old man. <laughs> like it. It looks, and at the time, the press were, were outraged. They were like, how can this be allowed? Like, this guy's bowling 90 miles an hour uh, at a geriatric. And and we're saying this is sport. People thought he was going to die. But to be fair to Brian Close, he doesn't die. What Brian Close does is that he scores 20 off 108 balls over three hours. Um, which, if you've seen any of those clips, is is pretty incredible. Uh, at the other end, there was another guy who was 40. Um, England, <laughs> I, mean, I can't believe that. England's answer to Michael Holding is uh, an 85-year-old combined age opening partnership. <laughs> but they, they see it out. Um, he only gets about 20. It's not great. He gets dropped after that test. But the reason Brian Clyde is actually in the team is because, and people don't remember this, in, he came back for two tests. So he, there was the old Trafford one where he gets pinged loads and, you know, nearly dies. But then there's one at Lords the week before where he gets 60 and 46 for an average of 53 off the same bowlers, which is actually pretty good going for a 46-year-old um, so or 45-year-old. So well done, Brian Close. Uh, I think, you know, we'll have less of your politics. Maybe he's not allowed to speak some kind of rule like that in the dressing room. But we do want his steel and determination at the top of the order. Max. Well, a man with steel and determination to uh, to a man whose name is Steel. Um, there's your there's your segue. Um, it's uh, it's David Steel who earned his first cap for for England at the um, well the uh, the young old age of of 33. But he uh, he was close to uh, retirement apparently at the time from county cricket while he was at. Uh, North Ants, um, but was thrust into uh, a somewhat ailing England side for the second Ashes Test in 1975. And and this is where the story gets fun. He marked his first appearance for England by uh, going down one too many flights of stairs and getting lost in the basement toilets. Um, (laughs) That's that's an old man move. (laughs) Yeah, that's that's one tick in the old man box. Uh, Fortunately, Grandad. Yeah, fortunately, (laughs) he... Found his way uh, out to the crease just in time to be uh, to avoid being the first cricketer to be timed out. Um, but his eventual arrival at the crease was met by uh, Jeff, Jeff Thompson with the question, "Bloody hell, who've we got here?" Groucho Marx, um, with his prematurely 
Yeah, <laughs> prematurely grey hair, contrastingly dark eyebrows and round glasses. It was quite an astute observation, um, and and worthy of being included into this eleven or by virtue of a man who looks quite old, despite not being very old. Alternative descriptions uh, for sort of more, the more contemporary audience, I suppose, could be uh, you could liken him perhaps to John Major. There's a bit of a John Major about him, I think. Oh yeah, big time John Major. Yeah, or perhaps a, a less wanky looking Jacob Rees Mogg. You know. mm, yeah, I can see yeah. that too. Um, uh, they called him the bank clerk who went yes, to war. Yes, they did. Yes, his his looks and gritty batting spurned that description, along with another one, which was uh, an age, aging obdurate mollusk, which is uh, uh, interesting. Interesting That's description. A coin up corner for me. Yeah, but uh, yeah, bank clerk that went to war is <laughs> how he's famously known. But despite all the amusement around his selection, he actually did pretty well. He um, he scored fifty and forty-five on his debut to help England to a draw, and uh, and scored a century against the fearsome West Indies, uh, and averaged forty-two at the end of his eight tests. But uh, unfortunately, after that West Indies series, he was dropped for the next series against India under the pretense that he couldn't play spin. Um, presumably <laughs> they picked Johnny Pre- Best. Oh, you've ruined my joke, <laughs> you bastard! You've ruined my punchline. And um, and, yeah. and, he, and he didn't come back. Didn't come back to England. Yeah. <laughs> Very good. Sorry, David Steele. David Steele. David Steele. Uh, he was in the same side as as the as Brian Close. So we actually saw this lineup in action. Yeah, kind of. Um, and Tony Gregg, he looked pretty old as well. So. Could have just picked uh, yeah, the yeah, 1975 England team. <laughs> <laughs> Ross. All oh, right. So, who have I? So, I've got the final person. Yes. Yeah. Um, so, uh, there is all kinds of different people to choose from, mainly uh, the roster of Chennai Super Kings. <laughs> um, and it, here is here is where I think I really have to pick from. And um, I know we've given him pelters over the year, well, over the last kind of year or so for being kind of old what lead boots um kind of being scared to go and bat um his eyesight being but ultimately i think i have to pick mahindra singh dhoni in this space um for his career across um kind of uh his his indian captaincy career great glove burn um great batsman won them the world cup where he um pushed himself up the order um it's just unfortunate when you get to that old age you, you do deteriorate um and that's what we're seeing right now. But never Not if you're Darren Stevens. <laughs> yeah. But that is true, yeah. Maybe Darren Stevens and Donny should have a little powwow. I I remember, oh, I think I remember, oh, this is a kind of, do, you, do I remember this right? Um, Mahindra Singh Dhoni bowling in a test match. Yes, and he got Kevin Peterson out. There we so, go. Uh, Maybe he should have continued doing that then, shouldn't he? <laughs> he could have done a Darren Stevens. Like, I'm not going to be a wicketkeeper anymore. It's too difficult on the body. I'm going to turn myself into a medium pacer. But, but anyway, Mahindra Singh Dhoni is my choice. Um, there was obviously Harbhajan Singh, Imran Tahir, uh, Max Yu took Shahid Afridi. Um, there's Pravin Tambay, who uh, at the age of 48 plays in the Caribbean Premier League, or did, did last year. Um, you got Surrey's bowlers in Gareth Batty and Ricky Clark. Uh, and then Nayan Doshi put himself forward in the draft, um, I think, this year. And he would have been the oldest player ever selected. And also Amit Mishra, who's played for the Delhi Capitals. So I think out of those three, Jimmy Anderson, uh, uh, Jimmy Anderson, Chris Gale, and Mahindra Singh Dodi are a pretty formidable trio. Pretty good. Yeah. yeah, right. Do you want to hear our, our final 11 then, boys, before we wrap it up? Yeah, let's do it. I um, think it sounds like we've probably got something all right here. It's all right. It's a good team. It probably, <laughs> I think, you know, it's. It, I, I really want to see the 
guys from this squad still left alive take on the uh, World Test Championship 11 that, that we put together. See what would happen, because I think it would be good. We've got Chris Gale opening the batting with Brian Close. So you've got, like, power and defence. The two things that you need. It's like <laughs> it's like Justin Langer and Matt Hayden. In that's the, that's the vibe we're going for there. Uh, we've got Ed Joyce at number three, uh, which I think's probably a good place to put him. Uh, w. G. Grace. I mean, everyone says he was the best cricketer ever. You put uh, your best player at four. Well, we we don't have the best cricketer ever in here though, so you can't you can't take that mantra, old W. G. Grace. Yeah. Okay. Uh, David Steele, the bank clerk who went to war. At number five, that's a you know that's a that's a top order that I'd be proud of if I were uh, a supporter of Old Man Eleven. Uh, Darren Stevens, he's batting six, probably going to bowl a little bit, but yeah, that's he's captain. He can do what he likes. <laughs> he can do what he wants. Yeah, uh, we've got MS Dhoni at seven, Shahid Afridi at eight. That's a good eight. That's a, the engine room there. Stevens, Dhoni, Afridi. That that's <laughs> box office. Fifteen sixes from Stevens the other day. Dhoni helicopter shots. Afridi. Boom, what, boom. what do you have? Like the that's, second second fastest ODI 100. That's winning at the top. There's a lot of yeah. sixes in this team. This is winning a few IPLs. Uh, Mohamed Shami uh, and Anderson. Um, it has a bit of a tail. Bit of a tail. Um, and Asif Karim, who is there if we need a left arm spinner. Uh, we've, got, we've got two spin options. We've got swing. We've got. Mohamed Shami, who's kind of pretty quick. We've got Darren Stevens nibbling it around. We've already talked about the batting. It's a good. That's a good lineup. Let us know in the oh, comments David, if you David like Dave still took a couple of wickets as well in his test career. So there we are. Look, this is this is coming together. Mm-hmm. Um, third spin option in Chris Gale. Spin from all three ends. <laughs> <laughs> Lads, uh, I think that's the cricket podcast this week. I enjoyed Old Man Eleven. Um, mm-hmm. If you've got a suggestion for some dumbass thing that we can do next week, let us know. Well, once we've got uh, once we've got enough elevens, perhaps we could put together one of those, uh, you know, those like uh, rainy day cricket games uh, between our various elevens in some sort of pseudo World Cup. Perhaps if if there's another lockdown, <laughs> maybe <laughs> if there's no cricket ever again, maybe just put two pictures up. Here's the old man eleven. Here's the World Test Championship eleven. Who would win? We'll do a little poll or something. That'd be fun. Yeah. Um, um, Ross, last messages for our listeners. Yep, you should like and subscribe to this video. Uh, subscribe to our YouTube channel. Do it and, and subscribe and follow on whichever podcast platform you are listening to this on. Um, also, leave comments, have a chat. Like we're, Again, we've not got that much better things to do than to respond to our wonderful listeners and follow us at The Cricket Pod on Instagram and Twitter. That's good. And Patreon. Uh, eight. We're, all, we're on eight. Yeah, we're on eight. We're going to get to 501. Um, and we're also sponsored by Woodstock we Cricket. Ten- so if you want a cricket bat, yes. do that. Yeah, we'll have a good video about Woodstock out later this week. Uh, that's loads of messages. We've got to go. But that's too many messages. I hope you have took good, notes. Have a good week. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Sports Social Podcast Network.